Let's give God a big, big hand. Welcome everyone into the experience today. We want to welcome everyone in Orange Park, St. John's, those watching online. We are so glad that you're with us today. And before we get into the message, yeah, man, I want to update you guys on a couple of things. You just saw it right there on the screen. How about this? In just two months, okay, on our monthly riot nights, we've averaged over 2,600 people in attendance. And more importantly, how about 936 students that have given their lives to Christ? And just look, that's just two months in. That's just two months in. Come on, we are going to war for the young people of this city. And I want to thank you. Thank you for, uh, for being faithful and engaging in that battle with us. And also, guys, listen, I got to tell you, man conference is coming up, okay? I need you to go online and register because this is the first weekend that we've announced it from the pulpit. It'll start going out on social media. And if you don't register, you might be left out. Listen, T.D. Jake sells out for the Georgia Dome, attendance 70,000, okay? I think that, you know, he'll sell out our 3,000 seat arena. He's very excited about coming here. He really feels that it's God uh, that he comes here, and so I'm excited. And of course, all of our students, they still have to register, but they get in free. TD is good. So listen, if you're a father and son, man, you need to get, if so, a father of a teenager, get your teenager uh, here. It's gonna be amazing. And also, just one more thing. I wanna remind everyone that on the first Friday of every month, including this coming Friday, we have our first Friday Messianic service. This is something that's been going on for a little bit over six months now. Uh, how many of you are familiar with Ancestry.com? Remember with Ancestry.com? Well, I kind of look at our first Friday service. It's kind of like Ancestry.com. It is an amazing messianic service. Paul Wilbur leads worship. It has an amazing word. But you learn, it's like learning our roots, and you get so much revelation and understanding from so much of what we do as a church by understanding our roots, our Jewish roots, and that uh, messianic service. It's just awesome. I would love for you to... uh, to to check it out, Um, you will really, really enjoy it. Awesome, okay, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35, as you're going there, uh, I'm gonna read a couple more scriptures until we get there. How many of you have enjoyed this giant series? You you know, if you haven't enjoyed it, I've really enjoyed it, (laughs) because we're all battling giants, we're all called to be overcomers, and what's happened the first few weeks of this series, we've been talking about kind of the the core of who we are, that, that, that we are called to be overcomers, that we are called to defeat giants in our life, that our destiny in experiencing the redemptive process of God um, is, is tied into us overcoming the challenges uh, that we have so we can go deeper in Jesus. And we've talked about you know, the understanding that there's a blessing in the battle and that so many things that we look at as problems it's, it, it, or, or setbacks, it's not a setback, it's a setup. And so we're going to kind of, kind of continue in that theme today and talk about kind of where we get our power to face those battles each week. But in the remaining few weeks of this series, for the rest of the month of March, I'm really excited because we're going to get into a lot of the practicum, a lot of the, 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 the things that, um, that hinder us from overcoming. And we're going to talk about how to live in the moment. We're going to talk about even things like goal setting. We're going to talk about how to avoid the comparison trap that so many people are in. And, and actually, it was interesting. As we were studying for this series, uh, we came across Dr. Henry Cloud's new book called 
the secret to happiness that's a scientific study of why some people are happy and some people are not. And lo and behold, but to no surprise, it actually lines up with what's in the Bible about how to enjoy the process, uh, enjoy the journey, enjoy the steps along the way as you're believing God for greater things. So we're gonna be talking about that um, in the upcoming weeks. You won't wanna miss it. All right, let me read in 1 Timothy chapter, you just stay at Genesis 35. 1 Timothy chapter three, verses 14 and 15. Paul says, these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I'm delayed, I write to you so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself. Everybody say, conduct yourself. How you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. See, there's a conduct that correlates with God's house. And now Paul defines God's house. Look, this is the church of the living God. God is here. He's alive. And it is the pillar and ground of the truth. Everybody say, pillar. Now let's, 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 let's go back here in Genesis 28, we're gonna kinda of see how this idea of God's house got started. Remember, Jacob, there's no temple, there's, there, there's no tabernacle yet with Moses or any of those things, and what God is trying to establish in Jacob here is the idea is that, look, there's gonna, yes, God is everywhere, but, but, but there's always gonna be this special place that you can encounter and meet with God. It's an understanding of God's House. Look at Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. It says, Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached up from, from the earth up to heaven. He saw the angels of God going up and down on the stairway, and at the top of the stairway stood the Lord. Man, can you imagine this? Like what a scene, so, so he, he, he has this dream and he realizes they're right there where he is, it's like there's this open heaven, there's this gateway to heaven, there's like stairs. So imagine if you're in this big house and here's these stairs and you look up and at the top of the stairs is the Lord. The Lord's at the top of the stairs. And it goes on to saying, the Lord says, I'm the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you, I'm giving it to you and your descendants. And God goes on to bless him in many ways. And then in Genesis 28, 16, it says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep. Real, real important, watch this. Surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. And I wasn't even aware of it. Goes on to say, but he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God. Everybody say house of God the very gateway to heaven. Then Genesis 28, 19, it says, and he named that place Bethel, which means house of God. House of God. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today. I wanna to talk to you about being aware of what this place is that we come to every Sunday, regardless of the location, and having that understanding that truly, this is God's house. This is God's house. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, in these next 30 minutes, God, help us, Lord, to be aware. We don't wanna be unaware, Lord, that you're in this place and this is your house. And Jesus, when you are here, anything can happen. And we give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. So look at this. Let's go to Genesis 35 now, Genesis 35. Chapter nine through 13, so now Jacob has come back 
to Bethel. And it says, now that Jacob had returned from Padan Aram, y'all know what was going on in Padan Aram? You know, you know, neither do I. I have no idea what was going on, but that's where he was returning from. Look, God appeared to him. Everybody say God appeared. Again at Bethel, look, God blessed him. Everybody say God blessed. Then he goes, he says, look, he says this, surely your name is Jacob, but you will not be called Jacob any longer. From now on, your name will be called Israel. Look, so God renamed him Israel. And many of us remember Jacob means deceiver. Israel means governed by God. Genesis 35, 11, it says, then God said, I'm El Shaddai, God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. Man, look at this. You talk about a proclamation over Jacob's life. He'd been all in his little, you know, fights and all his little stuff going on in his life and Esau and Laban, I mean, and God just pulls him up and says, man, look, you be fruitful and multiply, you will become a great nation. Even many nations, kings, will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. Then God went up from the place where he had spoken to Jacob, okay? So watch this. Jacob comes to Bethel, right? What does Bethel mean? House of God. So he comes back to the place where he had this vision and he's like, oh my gosh, man, this is the house of God. This is a special place. I can't believe I wasn't aware of this. Man, and the Bible talks about how he, 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 he feared God and he reverenced God and he recognized this was God's house. Now he comes back to God's house, and let me show you four things that happen when he comes back, uh, when he came back to God's house. God said that what? Remember, God appeared to him there. In other words, God, God brought his presence. Then what did God do? God blessed him there. God, God proclaimed over to, look, I'm going to bless you, man. How many nations are going to come from you? What else did God do? God defined Jacob there. Remember he said this, hey, look, I know people are calling you Jacob, but to me, you're not Jacob. To me, you're not a deceiver. You know who you are? You're Israel. You're the one who's governed by God. And then what else did God do? God affirms. In other words, God didn't speak to where he was. God spoke to his potential. Let me tell you what's going to happen in your life now because you're governed by me. I mean, you're going to be blessed and I'm going to make you a blessing and you're going to uh, bless the nations of the earth. So church, here's what I want us to see. Watch this. God's house. Whenever we come into God's house, these things are what God wants to do for you if you're aware of it. If you'll be aware of it. See, what happens is many of us, we, we come to, to God's house and we're treating this like, oh yeah, I'm just kind of going to church. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to, you know, to, to hear a message or whatever. Listen, I, I want to help define what we do every weekend from a biblical standpoint. Listen, this is not an arena even though it is an arena. This is not just a storefront off of Kings, Kingsley, even though it is a storefront off of Kings. It's not just a warehouse off State Road 13, even though it might look like that. It's not just a middle school down there in Orlando. Let me tell you what this place is. This is none other than the house of God. This is the place, watch. If you will be aware of it, if you'll make it your expectation, if you'll understand what the function of this place is, can I tell you? God wants to appear to you every Sunday. 
God wants to, through the preaching of the word, he wants to bless you every single Sunday. God wants to define you. He wants to remind you, look, you might have messed up. You might have been like a deceiver. Come on, how many of you know there's all a little bit, we all have a little bit of Jacob in us. We, but what, watch, it's God's house. You know what, God, in God's house, you know what? God takes us from being deceivers to being disciples. God says, hey, look, I know you messed up. I know you've been all that kind of person, but you know what? I want to remind you, I don't speak just to where you are. I speak to your potential. You're not Jacob any longer. You're Israel. You're the one who's governed by God. When you're governed by God, you know what that means? That means you're living a God-first life. God is number one in your life, and I know that you got issues, and I know that you got setbacks, and I know that you might make mistakes, but you know what? My blood covers it all. Your sins are forgiven. They're washed as far as the east and from the west. Don't come in here with all your self-love and your self-pity and think you're not worthy. No, you're Israel. You're governed by God. You belong to me. He speaks to our courts. Where we, that's what we talk about. This is where we learn who we are in Christ. We're not Jacob's. We're Israel's. We're God first, and we are going to live up to that potential. That God calls us out. And then, of course, God affirms, and he talks about his plans and how he wants to bless us and all these powerful things. So now look, when Jacob realizes this, so watch this. Jacob is getting the picture, all right? Every time I go to Bethel, which means what? God's house, it's like an open heaven. Every time I go there, God does things at Bethel that he doesn't do anywhere else. When I understand that this is God's house, man, God appears to me. He shows up, man, he blesses me. He reminds me who I really am and forgives me all of my shortcomings and all this. So look what, look what, look what Jacob does here. Go to the, uh, verse 14, I think. Okay, go to 35, 14. And we're gonna hear, yay. So watch this, okay? So Jacob, he's got the picture, right? I got it. God's house, you show up, you bless. Okay, so watch what he does. Jacob set up a stone pillar. Everybody say pillar. Remember what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15? Watch. This is the house of God. What is it? It is the pillar and ground of the truth. It's the pillar. Look, he set up a stone pillar, and he did three things. Set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him, look, then he poured wine over it as an offering to God, and look, and he anointed the pillar with olive oil. Go on, verse 15. Why did he do all this? He did all this. He named the place, he's just renaming it again, reaffirming it. Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house of God. Why, why, why? Because God had spoken to him there. Since Jacob says, okay, God, you know, he can appear sometimes and speak to me sometimes, but here's what I've learned about this house of God thing is that this is the place where I know if I come to Bethel and I'm aware of it and I understand what it really is, I don't just see it in though, it's just an arena, it's just a warehouse, it's just a school. I see it in the spirit for what it really is. It's the house of God, okay? Watch, God is gonna speak to me there. Church, here's what I'm saying to you. If we will be aware, 
What the house of God really is, watch. God will speak to you every single time you come to his house if you'll be aware of it. Every single time. Listen, this is the place where God speaks. Now, of course, we have on the inside, we have the Holy Spirit, right? God speaks to us all the time, but there is something special about the house of God. There is something special about this corporate gateway to heaven where God wants to come down. He wants to proclaim bigness over your life. We talk about, you know, defeating giants. Listen, listen, this is the house of the real giant. And he wants to speak bigness over your life. He wants to speak big dreams. He wants to give you big vision. He wants to give you big ideas. He wants to raise you up out of your, your circumstances where you just get beat down week to week. Just like Jacob, it's this thing with Laban. It's this thing with Esau. And then it's this little of this and this skirmish of that. He gets to God's house. God pulls him up. He says, let me tell you something about you. Get your mind all off this little stuff. Listen to me. You're a champion. You're, I'm gonna, nations are going to come from you. You're governed by God. I want to tell each and every one of you, listen to me. You are destined for greatness because our God is great. Greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Get your mind off the petty things and all the junk the enemy's trying to throw at you. Don't lower your life to where you're living, but raise your life to the expectation that God has for it, and you'll begin to live up to his word for your life. So watch, how many of you, watch, how many of you want God to appear to you, bless you, speak to you every single week? Every single week, every single week. Well, here's what we can see. If you want that to happen, then all we have to do is do what Jacob did here. He did three things. When he saw this is how, where God speaks to me, there's three things that he did to make sure that he would have the proper awareness of God's house so that he could receive all things that God had for him. Look at the first thing that he did. Can you go back to verse 14? Well, all right, you gave it away. <laughs> Jacob set up a stone pillar to Mark. Everybody say Mark. First thing I need you to do is on Sunday, watch, you've got to mark this place. You've got to mark this place. Let me explain that to you. Now you can put up Mark. <laughs> You've got to mark it. Watch. Okay, well, what did he do? When he put that pillar there, Stovall, what was, he, he marked it. What was he doing? What, like, what was he marking it? What, what do you mean by a mark? Well, if you think about something, when you're marking something, watch. You're putting a name to a destination. Okay, let me give you an example for this. I've been fishing all of my life. I've, I've owned several boats during my lifetime. I grew up in South Louisiana. Many of you know my fishing escapades, many near-death fishing escapades that I've shared. God has blessed me with the curse of a boat uh, many times over the course of my life. But here's what, let me give you this one. When, when I'm with someone or anyone that has a, a GPS in their boat, when you find a good fishing hole, okay, there's a thing on your GPS, it's actually, but, it's a button. You know what it says? It says mark. Now when you hit that mark button, 
The location automatically plugs in, the coordinates of the GPS. Okay, it's this many degrees west and it's this many degrees north. That, that's the location, but when you mark it, the first thing that comes up is your GPS wants a name. Okay, so you mark it. Let's say we were on a hole, we just caught a bunch of snappers. So we would hit mark, it got the location, but what that GPS wants, it wants a name to go with that destination. So I type in snapper hole. <laughs> we just caught a bunch of snapper there, you know, or maybe I was at a, a, another hole and we caught a bunch of sea bass. We just found, I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. So I hit the mark button, it wants a name. I put sea bass, whatever. We caught a bunch of mahi in this area. I, mark, what is it? It wants a name. I type in mahi massacre, because we massacred the mahi. Okay, so watch. Now, when I wanna go to that destination, when I go to my GPS, I'm not looking up X, you know, this many degrees west and this many degrees north. You know, no, it has a name. Mahi Massacre Hole. Bam, I do that and it routes me right to that spot. Now watch, here's what's exciting. Because that destination has a name, you know what? As we're heading out to that spot, I've got a picture in my mind of what's gonna happen and it's gonna raise my level of expectation. Y'all see where I'm going with this? It's gonna raise my level of expectation of what's gonna happen when I get there. Oh, this is the snapper hole. I can remember, oh man, that's where we call all those snapper. We're going to the snapper hole, we're going to the snapper hole. So watch, I have a destination with a name that's giving me a picture in my mind, that's giving me an expectation of what's gonna happen when I get there. Are you following me? Yeah, I could say the same thing about, you know, if you go to a good restaurant, now you might have the address, you can type it in your you know, Google Maps or whatever, but when you're telling your friends, let's say there's a, a good r restaurant, when you're telling your friends, hey, we're gonna go eat at this great restaurant, and they're like, okay, where are we going? You don't say, we're going to uh, 2813 Atlantic Boulevard. <laughs> 2813 at Atlantic Boulevard. Well, that, I don't really care about that. What, what are you talking, what's it, 23? Oh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to give you the, the address. Hey, we're going to Soul Food Bistro. <laughs> well, that changes everything, doesn't it? Soul Food Bistro. Now, it's at 28, well, I don't know where it is, but it's at an address. It's a location at address, but what happened? But where we're really going is a destination with a name. We're hungry, we're going to Soul Food Bistro. Man, I'm thinking about that chicken, man. I love that chicken, man. I'm thinking about green beans. I've never eaten a bowl of green beans where when I finish, half the bowl is still full of liquid butter. I don't know how. <laughs> how many of y'all know those restaurants? You know, they know, hey, you know, you know what I'm saying. They know how to cook those vegetables, but they ain't really vegetables. It's just like, you know, butter in the shape of green uh, things. <laughs> what, I'm going to so there's an expectation. Oh, it's gonna be good when we get there. Watch, watch, watch. There's too many people, and they're treating church like a location with an address instead of a destination with a name.
of us are treating coming to church like a location with an address instead of what it is, a destination with a name. You know what? The destination, the destination, this is where God speaks to me. You know what it is? This is God's house. This is God's house. And it gives me the right expectation of when I get there where you're like, well, Stovall, this is the church. We're coming to church. Well, well listen, we are the church. We, we have church everywhere. We're going to have church. Jesus was two or three are gathered in my name there in the midst of them. A church means ecclesia, the called out ones. Watch. But once a week, the church meets in God's house. The church will also meet this week in some amazing small groups throughout this area and community, and they're gonna be talking about this message and a lot of other things. The church, we're all the church. Watch, we're the, we're the called out ones. We're the ecclesia. The church is not a building. The church is people. However, God's house is a building. Now, I know we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but don't ever forget, in the books of Acts, what did they meet? They met in the temple and they met house to house. There are certain dynamics that go on in each one of them, and I'm telling you, if you don't value God's house for what it is, the place where God wants to speak to you, appear to you, and bless you, and proclaim over your life every single week, watch, if you don't value that for what it is, you won't receive that. See, you won't receive what you don't respect. Look, so, so, so we got to mark that, this place. Everybody say, this is God's house. This is God's house. It's not a theater. It's not a basketball game. It's not, uh, hey, we're just, you know, coming in here and, and what, it's, it's not, I mean, we might meet in a theater. We might meet in an arena or warehouse. But this is God's house. It's a destination with a name. The second thing that, Jacob did, okay, so he marked it. The second thing was he poured wine over it. Now, wine was a cleanser. It was a cleanser. Of course, it represents the ultimate cleanser while we take communion, the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all of our sins. But, but he, he, he marked it. This is God's house. This is a destination where God shows up and speaks to him. Then he pours wine over that very pillar. He cleanses it. That's the second thing. If you're gonna receive all that God has for you, man, you've, they're, 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 there has to be a cleansing. Now, now, let me unpack this a little bit, okay? So, and ladies, you can relate to this. Okay, why do you clean something? Let's talk about rooms in our own house. Okay, why, why do you clean a room? Well, if you come into a room and it's messy, what is that room? It's distracting, isn't it? There's a lot of distractions in there. I can think of my, my office at my house right now. Man, it is so messy and it's so distracting. I can hardly work in it. I can hardly receive the function for which that room was designed for because there's so many distractions in it. I go into my office, it's like I got a stack of this, I got a stack of that, and you know what, which, with, with each mess, with each stack, Okay, a voice is calling out to me. Please organize me. Please respond to these. Please, you know, go through that. Please, 
please schedule this, like each stack, each mess. It's like all these voices that are, watch, they're competing voices. The more distractions you have, the more competing voices that you have. So when we talk about God's house, we're gonna mark it, this is where God speaks. This is where we hear God's voice. So what's the next step? We need to make sure that we limit distractions and interruptions because we don't want competing voices when God's voice is speaking. Now, are y'all ready to have a pastoral moment? It's time for a pastoral moment. We're gonna talk about distractions, okay? Okay, listen, we love babies at Celebration Church. We love babies. We're very accepting, but watch. Let me, let me help everybody out here. Do you realize this? We have about 35 minutes for God's word to come forth from this pulpit. There are people in here every week and right now, watch. There are people in here, their life is hanging in the balance. They don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. There are people in here that are hurting so bad, some of us could not even relate to it. There are people in this place right now, you know what, they've actually contemplated suicide or might be contemplating suicide right now. I can tell you that just by the statistics. There are people in here that even though, however they might think they got here, watch this, God has brought them here so they can receive his word and thereby receive the love of Jesus and hope and the power of God and be set free. Are you following me here? We've got about a window of 35 minutes the entire week when that, when that happens, okay? I have seen, God, I mean, someone can be at a critical moment when God is moving on their heart. Bam, a baby starts crying. Bam, they're taken out of that sacred moment. It's a distraction. It's a distracting voice. Now listen, moms, don't be mad at me. Let me finish. Okay, watch this. We, we, we have thousands of people in our church. We have tons and tons of babies all the time. Watch. Our nursery, the millions of dollars that we've spent on our nursery in there. Okay, we can receive babies as early as six weeks. I know in this day and age, every mama likes to raise their baby their own way. You know what I'm saying? Every mama has their own babyology. Well, I gotta bring my baby in here during worship because I want the praises of God to get in my baby's ear. And I mean, it's like this day and age, I'm gonna feed my baby how I want. I don't care what so-and-so, I'm gonna raise my baby. My baby's watching, you know, baby TV and they, the baby iTunes and Who's that uh, the symphony and mom, my child's gonna be smart like Beethoven because I, you know, it's, it's all this. This is how I'm gonna raise my baby. Listen, we, that's fine. We, we respect that here. But listen, there are things going on here in the 35-minute window that we have where lives are hanging in the balance and I'm pleading with you. Listen, we don't, we're not banning babies from the sanctuary Yet, 
I'm pleading with you, just please be considerate of what's going on. We've got a great nursing mother's room. We've got a great family lounge. If, the, if you don't like it, tell us why you don't like it. If it's reasonable, we'll, we fix it. What do you want in there? You want a 90-inch TV? You want me to get clowns in there to turn somersaults to make your baby laugh? I'll do it. What do you want? What, what, what do you want in the nursing mother? You want chocolates, you want flowers in the nursing mother's room, you want your hair done, you want your nails done. I'll, watch, watch, I will do whatever it takes for us to limit distractions. And it's the same thing, watch, with people moving around. I said it's the same thing. Man. Some of the most sacred moments, watch, some, God is dealing with, with someone, and then bam, if you just get up and distract that person, you're taking them out of that moment. <laughs> this is not a movie theater. Can, can try to, listen, listen, and here's the thing, if you think that you might have to move during the service, get up. Please don't sit in these first few rows. Oh yeah, y'all better not get up now, y'all about to be... Please try to sit somewhere by an exit. That's the kind of the strength of this room and the weakness of this room is the same thing. Look, everybody can see everybody. And we wanna limit distractions. Why? Because we, this is where God speaks. And I've seen people, it's like, man, I tell you, some people are bold. They're just bold. They'll just sit right down in here. It'll be in the middle of my mess. Understand, you, you know, sometimes some of y'all, y'all been on like on TV in Ireland. Your baby's been on that, that, you know, your baby has been the third point of the message many times. I can't have those voices dictate this atmosphere. It's too important. Only God's word can dictate this atmosphere. I've seen people, they get up, they're like right here. And they just get up in the middle of the message like. <laughs> and they'll look like they're looking for somebody. Right here. What are you doing? I'm thinking, God, that person is so bold. It's just some like, like, man, I, I hope we can be that bold for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Remember this? Remember when Jesus cleansed the temple? Remember when he cleansed the temple? And there were, there were money changers and these marketplace things everywhere. And he showed up and he said, he cleansed the temple. And the Bible says, the passion for God's what? House consumed him. You know what happened? Jesus went up in that temple and he said, look at all these distractions. How in the world are people going to hear from God? How in the world are people going to be aware when God appears to them? How in the world are people going with all these distractions? If you have a passion for God's house, you'll help Limit the distractions in God's house. See what God, God you understand like this worship team when, they, when they're not just singing songs. Man, this worship team is on a mission to offer up praises to God because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people because God wants to appear to you. We gotta limit distractions. And the final thing is this, look. He, he poured that wine over it. And then the next thing is he poured oil over it. He anointed it, and that's about, he set it apart. 
he set it apart as holy. So watch when we set something apart. Let me ask you this, okay? This is where God speaks. Now let me, let me give you this illustration. Let me take, I'm a flawed messenger, okay? Let me take myself out of the way. Here's the word of God. What Jacob say? This is where God speaks. What'd he do? He marked it. Man, this is a destination with a name. This is God's house. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. What do you do? He cleansed it. I'm getting the distractions out of this place because God's voice needs to be preeminent. He anoints it. He consecrates it. He sets it apart where he reveres this place. What did it say? Remember back in chapter 28? What did he say? He said, man, I wasn't aware. This is the stairway to heaven. And then the Bible says he was afraid. He says, oh my gosh, God speaks here. Let me ask you this. Do we value and honor this pulpit with esteem and respect where we understand, watch, God is speaking. This isn't Stovall just doing a message. This isn't just, hey, we're gonna give you some life tips. <laughs> no, what, what, if any man speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. This is the everlasting, unchanging, life-empowering word of God. Watch, all you need is one word from God to change your life, and God's speaking that word to you every single week. If you'll be aware of it, if you're aware of it. Remember, you can't receive what you won't respect. So think about this, watch, watch. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Remember how she pressed through the crowd to get to Jesus? What was she saying? This is Jesus. If I can just get to the hem of his garment. Think about this. The hem, the bottom of his garment. If I can just touch that, if I can just receive that word. What did Jacob say? I was at the bottom of these stairs, these, a stairway that went up to heaven. If we could just say, Lord, if I can just get a hold of your word. And what happened? That woman touched him. Jesus said, power's gone out from me. She was healed at that very hour. She got her word. She got her miracle. Watch, here's what the lesson we learned from that. Jesus touches us at the level of our expectation. He touches us at the level of our expectation. Jesus, Capernaum, everyone was expecting, this is the M Messiah. This is the word of God. What, they all got healed, they all got miracles. He goes over to Nazareth, his hometown. Watch, watch, watch. He goes to Nazareth. Isn't this the carpenter's guy? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's boy? Didn't this guy live at 225 Nazareth Drive? Oh, we know him. See, what in Nazareth, what Jesus and coming to him, that was a location with an address. But in Capernaum, Oh my gosh, this is the son of God. Oh my gosh, he's speaking the word of God. Oh my gosh, this, he was, it was, a, it was a, a destination with a name. Church, here's what I'm trying to say to us today. Listen, every week I'm asking you, 
to mark this place. It's a destination with a name. The name is God's house. And our destination is to get to that place, to get our word from God because God's appearing and God's blessing and God's speaking and God wants to raise you up out of your circumstances. He wants to talk, tell you who you really are. You're not a Jacob. You're not a deceiver. Come on, you're God first. You're Israel. He's got promises for you. He's got blessings for you. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.